Welcome to worship at Providence Presbyterian Church on this Sunday, October 11, 2020. We are located at 2401 Broad Avenue. We are inviting you and your family to a casual get-together at Valley View Park on October 11th, immediately following the worship service. Please bring a bagged lunch and drinks for your family. We will meet in Pavilion 1. Social distancing will be honored. A sign-up sheet is posted in Fellowship Hall. For those of you who do not feel comfortable attending church yet or have underlying health concerns, we would like to remind you that our podcast will still be available on the website, www.providencepc-altoona.org. If you do not have internet or computer availability, you can listen to the podcast via telephone at 1-857-385-7521. Please note, long-distance phone rates apply. We thank those of you who are currently able to support the church with your offerings. It truly is a blessing in enabling us to keep current in paying church expenses. Now, let us prepare our hearts for worship as we listen to the prelude.
Would you please rise and let us join in our call to worship? You have been called to the banquet. This is the feast. You have been summoned to the wedding. This is the feast of life and light. From the streets and the byways, God has invited us. We have come to the banquet that has no end. Alleluia. Amen. Let us pray. Holy God, you set before us every day a bounty of good things. Bring us to your feasting table, hungry for your word, eager to rebuild the cities you have made, ready to receive strangers so that we celebrate at all times and in all places the peace which is life in you. Amen. Let us come before the throne of God, the mercy seat, with all of our humanity open to the peace promised forgiveness. Let us pray. You invite us to your feast, O God, and we do not come. You beg us to give thanks for life, and we fell in our thanksgiving. You have made us for a wonderful earth, and we neglect the gift. Forgive us for what we have done and for abandoning the pathway you desire for us. Be our guide and conscience. Turn our feet and our hands to your will, that we might do everything for your glory. Amen. The God of peace, who calls all creation to live in unity, hears our plea. In the name of Christ Jesus, our Savior, who died and rose from the dead, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Your word, O God, is a feast all its own. Let your Holy Spirit open our minds to your call to listen. For we know your holy word heals and reconciles your people. Amen. Our reading from the book of Psalms this morning is taken from Psalm 106, verses 1 through 6 and 19 through 23. Praise the Lord. 
Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Who can proclaim the mighty acts of the Lord or fully declare his praise? Blessed are those who act justly, who always do what is right. Remember me, Lord, when you show favor to your people. Come to my aid when you save them, that I may enjoy the prosperity of your chosen ones, that I may share in the joy of your nation and join in your inheritance in giving praise. We have sinned even as our ancestors did. We have done wrong and acted wickedly. At Horeb they made a calf and worshipped an idol cast from metal. They exchanged their glorious God for an image of a bull which eats grass. They forgot the God who saved them, who had done great things in Egypt, miracles in the land of Ham, and awesome deeds by the Red Sea. So he said he would destroy them, had not Moses, his chosen one, stood in the breach before him to keep his wrath from destroying them. Our gospel reading this morning is taken from Matthew chapter 22, verses 1 through 14. Jesus spoke to them again in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. Then he sent some more servants and said, Tell those who have been invited, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and fattened calf have been butchered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his field, another to his business. The rest seized his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guest, he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. He asked him, How did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? And the man was speechless. Then the king told his attendants, Tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. Here ends our reading from God's word, and may he bless it to our hearts and our lives. There's an old expression, the clothes make the man, or to put it in more modern terms, the clothes make the person. Uh, some think the expression originated with Samuel Clemens, better known as Mark Twain, but a, re a search of history shows that the phrase goes back much further than that. For example, there is a time that the theologian Erasmus, during the time of the Reformation, uh, said essentially the clothes make the man, and even before Erasmus, all the way back with William Shakespeare, there is a line in uh, the play Hamlet that could essentially be translated from the Middle English, the clothes make the man. Now, what does that expression mean? Well, it, it's taken two ways. The most basic and traditional meaning of that means that people judge us by how we're dressed. If we're dressed nicely, then people think, give a higher opinion of us than if we're sloppy 
wearing dirty or torn clothes and all that. Um, we, while in recent years, uh, casual dress has been more accepted, there's always been, you know, you dress a certain way for going to work if you're a white collar worker or a businessman. Uh, you have your Sunday go to meeting clothes, how you came dressed to church. Um, you know, there was a perception of how a person should dress for public events. But more recently, and a little bit better connotation of that old phrase, is the idea is if I dress nicely, if I, you know, comb my hair and put on nice clothes, I feel better about myself. I have a higher opinion of myself than if I just threw on any old thing. Either way, though, that expression, the clothes makes the person, sort of fits in just a tiny, a tiny bit with the end of our scripture passage today when the king approaches a guest at the wedding banquet and said, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? Before we get back to that, let's go back to the beginning of this passage of scripture says that Jesus, continuing to speak with the scribes and the Pharisees, says he tells them another parable. We, the last few weeks, have been looking at the different parables that Jesus had shared with the scribes and the Pharisees, the parable of the two sons, the parable of the wicked tenants, and now we have the parable of the wedding banquet. Uh, wedding banquets back then were a little different than wedding banquets today. A wedding banquet back then could last a week. Most of our wedding banquets today don't maybe last several hours on one day, but not a whole week. But more than that, nowadays when you receive an invitation for a wedding banquet, it says that it's happening on such and such a date when the wedding is, and then afterward there's the banquet, whether it be the same location as the church is, or if it would be in another facility, that it would be at such and such a time. That was not the case back in Jesus' day. Back then, there was a two-step process in getting married. The parents of the bride and groom would get together. They would sign the uh, agreement between the two families, at a certain point, the, you know, the, groom, the groom, prospective groom and the prospective bride would make vows to each other. But at that point, they separated. The bride went back home with her parents while the husband went back and built, in essence, built his household, built a place for him and his bride to stay. And then when that was prepared, a second invitation, you know, the, there was an invitation to come to see the taking of the vows, but now there's a second invitation saying, okay, today or tomorrow is the banquet. Please come. And so that's what we have here. It says that a king who... His son has been gotten married. He, the preparations have been made. It's the time for the banquet. And so he sends out this announcement. Everything's ready. The meat's prepared. The tables are set. Everything's ready. Come to this banquet that you have been invited to. And it says that the people 
who were invited at first, some of them just paid no attention to the servants of the king and went off, um, one to his field, another to his business. It says that some of them actually seized the king's servants, mistreated them, and even killed them. You know, the, in, in here Jesus is, is speaking to the scribes and Pharisees in veil terms, saying essentially what they were they were going you know they they were going to do they were doing going to do they were you know they did not accept Jesus as God's son they were not responding to his invitation to come into the kingdom of God in fact they were going to put him to death uh, then Jesus says the king was enraged he sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city and here, Jesus is saying the day was coming, and it had already happened before the day when Matthew wrote his gospel, that the Romans would lay siege to the city of Jerusalem, and the city would fall, and the city would be destroyed and burned. So this is a prophecy of Jesus. Of what is going to happen to the Jewish leaders and the Jewish people because they have not accepted the coming of Jesus as the promised Messiah. But then Jesus goes on. The king said to the servants, the wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. The idea here is that it had been long spoken of, sort of in, in, in different ways, that when the Messiah came, the kingdom would be open not just to the Jews, but that also the Gentiles would come. Not only the scribes and the Pharisees and the overtly religious, but the uh, people, the common people, the, the tax collectors, and the, the, the uh, people whom the scribes and the Pharisees called uh, sinners, and also even beyond that, beyond the pell into the Gentiles, could, would be invited by God to come into his kingdom. And so we have in Matthew's day, the early church trying to come to terms with the fact that the church was now not just Jewish, but the church was Jew and Gentile. So he says, you know, the, the banquet field was filled. At this point, it says, the, the king came to see the guest. And he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. And he asked, how did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? The man was speechless. Then the king told his attendants, tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It seems kind of harsh to us to, that this man was thrown out for not having wedding clothes. And maybe he didn't, didn't have real nice clothes, we might say, or he didn't have time to go home and, and get change clothes because the servants grabbed him on the street and brought him to the wedding feast. But, you know, we're putting into the story here more than, you know, this is a parable. They have specific points to them, and not every detail is spelled out. We don't know why this man did not have these wedding clothes. Some people said, well, the king would have provided wedding garments, but there's not 
enough historical evidence to say that a king would provide wedding garments for the guest of the wedding. So it's best to keep this, you know, as a parable, a little vague. You know, we don't know how this man was to get these wedding clothes, but as apparently, quote-unquote, according to the parable, other people had them there at the feast. But he didn't. And so when he was confronted by the king, it says he knew he, you know, in essence, he knew he was in the wrong because it says he was speechless. He didn't say, well, excuse me, your holiness, your, your highness, I don't have those kind of clothes or I, I, I didn't have time to change clothes before I came. He didn't come up with any reason or excuse for not being dressed in the wedding garment says that he was speechless. So in essence, he's saying he knew, it's saying that he knew he was in the wrong. At that point, the king said to his attendants, tie this man hand and foot and throw him outside where there is darkness and the weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited, but few are chosen. So what are the wedding garments? What are the clothes that make the person according to Matthew and according to Jesus. That's been a matter of debate uh, among Bible scholars down through the years. Is this uh, justification coming to know Christ? Is this sanctification growing in holiness? Once again, it's best to keep it a little vague. Basically, it's saying that the, you know, the king has opened the invitation Bring in everybody, good and bad. You know whether or not by this, by the standards of this world, we think the the people are good people, or we don't think they're good people. The gospel is available for all people, and the invitation goes out. We are called to respond, but when we do respond, it means that there's going to be some change. We're not going to be the same people we were. It's not saying this happens overnight. It doesn't say everything is complete. But the idea is there is a change. Um, in the book of Revelation, in chapter 19, it says that the new, about the new Jerusalem, the bride of Christ, has prepared herself and made herself ready for the return of Christ. The idea was there were preparations to be made. This man did not make those preparations. It says in the book, the gospel, in the, not in the gospel, but in the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, that it says, put off the old man which is corrupted by its deceitful lust, and be made new in the attitude of your mind, and put on the new man. You know, the idea here is like clothing, you put off the dirty things filthy rags of righteousness, of human righteousness, you know, that are saying, well, I'm good enough to get into heaven. We put those off. We put on a new attitude that I, I'm depending on Christ, and I'm going to live for him each day. I'm going to strive to live a life pleasing to him. I, yes, I'll fall flat on my face many times, but I'm going to strive to live for him. He says, put, put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. I see that as being what the wedding garments are. It's not that we have to, quote, 
achieve a certain level of sanctification. It's just saying here that we need to turn from trusting in ourselves in our own goodness to trusting in Christ and his goodness. We put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Those are the wedding garments and God receives us. So, well, you know, many are called. The invitation goes out to all people. Come to Christ. And some people come to church, but they don't come to Christ. We come not just to church, we come to Christ and say, Lord, I put my trust in you that I'm forgiven. Not based on what I've done or not done, but based simply on what you have done when you died on the cross and rose again. Give thanks to God for this in Christ's name. Amen. Let us join together in the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From then she shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now let us prepare ourselves for prayer. Father God, we come before you thankful that you have sent out the invitation, that you have prepared the wedding feast, that we might be part of your kingdom, and there will be a day of rejoicing when Christ comes back. We thank you that you have invited anybody who is willing to come. Father, may we respond to your invitation. May we stop trusting in our own goodness saying, well, we're good enough, saying it doesn't matter what we think, rather put our trust in Christ. We come before you this day and we lift up those who are sick and those who are grieving and those who have other needs. Bring health and comfort and meet people where they're at and lead them deeper into your kingdom. Pray that you would be with our land. Guide us and direct us as we prepare to have elections in the near future. God, the world's leaders in the ways of peace. We thank you for hearing and answering our prayers. We pray now in that prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. Do not worry. With thanksgiving, speak to God your needs and the needs of this world. Ponder what is pleasing and excellent. Rejoice always. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We thank you for worshiping with us today. We hope you have been blessed and God has been glorified. May you have a God-blessed week. We look forward to you joining us again next Sunday and invite your friends to listen.